0: Welcome to the Media Maven's podcast brought to you by the Evergreen Network. The Media Maven's podcast is where you'll hear the latest and greatest trends, topics, and tribulations with industry leaders. And here is your host of the Media Maven's podcast. She is the original Media Maven, Sarah Miller.
1: This is Sarah Miller, CEO of Axis Entertainment and your host for Media Maven's podcast. And I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Koshman, Chief Creative Officer for A&B Publicity. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? I'm good. Good, good, good. Good What have you been up to? Right now, I've been streaming my Spotify surround sound for The Office at Home, which um, I think is good timing for our next host or our next guest today, (laughs) guest host, all the same these days. It's Tuesday. but let's do okay, it. We're going to let that faux pod go because technically, sometimes I feel like we're the guest on our own podcast. <laughs> but let's bring Josh Simmons on, uh, CEO and co-founder for Vamper, which is a tremendous uh, live or a streaming music company. Josh, welcome to Media Mavens. Hi, Josh. I, I'm happy to host from now on. And <laughs> <laughs> Will you please ask away. Ask questions. We know, that we know an- That's how we announce things. Around
0: here. Sarah, Sarah and Michelle, how did you meet one another?
1: Well <laughs> exactly Oh my God, we met years ago at a music event and you know, it just went from there. But Josh, you're an amazing host. Wow, you have a good start and layup there. Thank
0: you. Thank
1: Um, but let's okay. So so I we we're kind of excited to talk to you. I mean, it's so funny because I literally just Got my Spotify to stream throughout the house and everything from the main system. But, like, you know, we've been big in the music space for a long time as an agency. And, you know, the music industry is taking a beating just because. You know, the labels are not adapting to new technologies. You know, Spotify came on the market. They're taking over. And Spotify is actually running an Apple, all of our podcasts right now, as is iHeart. And so it's interesting how the evolution of the music industry has really embraced technology, you know, up to where we are now. And, you know, you just launched. Vamper like a year ago, correct? Or tell us a little bit about what you're doing over there and the history of this.
0: Sure. We actually launched Vamper about three or four years ago, but we've we've sort of we just relaunched about a month ago, actually. But one of the things that we've done many times really is sort of pause things, take stock, learn from Our community, because we've got hundreds of thousands of people who use Vampa. So it's not uncommon now for us to actually stop for a second, find out what they want, and then pivot's the wrong word, but adapt the product offering, add to the suite of tools that we offer artists, and sort of build that way, which is a very startup approach to take to a more music focused product so that's yeah i mean that's possibly why you got the idea that maybe so, so, started so a you guys,
1: so so my wonderful um, host <laughs> co-hosts today <laughs> you um so tell us what the difference is because this is more like a collaboration tool for yes. online artists creatives and it's not it, it's in this music genre on the in the corner of innovation and music but you're not a competitor of spotify and iHeart and the rest of them like where do you fall into the music category with all of this
0: yeah that's a great question and yeah we're definitely not a streaming platform we don't you know, have relationships with labels like that. If if anything, we, we're servicing stuff that's made on Vampa back to the streaming platforms. But I'll explain exactly where we are. We, we're kind of a, I guess, a product that pulls together all the essential tools and services that artists need into one centralized app. So what does that actually mean in in you know in practice? Well right now an artist probably has a SoundCloud page, an Instagram account for their visual side of things, um, they probably distribute their music on TuneCore or CD baby. They might have their publishing handled by SongTrader. So that right now they've got all these different services scattered across various providers. What Vampa sort of aims to do is not necessarily replace any of those providers, but allow you to manage it all inside of the one place and network while you're there so it's you know the best way to put it is like linkedin for the the creative ecosystem with a you know heavy focus on music because that's our sort of roots and where we started but we're just trying to pull people together and pull their pull their services into one place and we've been able to find really interesting ways to do that especially this year when live touring has come to a complete you know halt and and have no money so we're trying to bring tools that help them in that respect.
1: So, so you're working with CD Baby and Tim Courtney. We know these guys well from other digital music clients. Are you pulling all of them in to like your social platform to share, create and engage, or are you just working in tandem with them like, as another tool to support the artist? Well,
0: it, it depends on the service. So like when it comes to SoundCloud and YouTube, we're working with them, you know, so artists don't have to re-upload their music another time to another startup, which they're really sick of. It's like, you've already got all your stuff on YouTube and SoundCloud. So now you can link to it inside of Vampa. So that's a really critical distinction. When it comes to things like CD Baby or SongTrader, we're actually looking to replace those services. So in that respect, we, we're competing with them because we offer distribution, we offer publishing but these are all value adds i suppose what i'm trying to say is the core business is the connecting and collaborating part that's that's that will always be our our baby and our our core focus because without having a healthy network in place of hundreds of thousands of people you can't actually start to offer those other tools at scale
1: yeah, and right. I would think, though, you know, because South by Southwest, we worked a lot with South by over the years, the big music guys. And I know it really hurt a lot of people this year, especially these bands that always fly in who wanted to be there for exposure, distribution deals, labels, agencies. But, you know, so I know it's hurting people. And I think one of the good things that's coming out of this pandemic globally is people are I mean, good and bad. They're stuck at home and, you know, they've got to get more creative and still Move forward, so I think having a platform like this it doesn 't stop them it just opens a door right. through these bad times to continue to share, collaborate, and get their music out there
0: yeah we changed our name in the app stores and, and the Google stores and all that to vampa collaborate remotely because you know it was really important for us to make it clear to people who use vampa or just creatives in general who might never have heard of us that you can you can and should. Be collaborating just because we're quarantine and lockdown doesn't mean you can't you know collaborate via the internet or share your art on the internet and you know that can take many different forms so we wanted to be really clear that we're the right or the best place or the most effective place to do that during what's frankly been a crap year. <laughs>
1: yeah, <funny. laughs> been, I, think I was talking to Michelle the other day I'm like she made a comment I, was, I think it was one of our co-hosts and I'm like wait what it's the like fifth, the sixth. I thought it was still March fifteenth. I'm wondering oh, sure what happened, but it's like <laughs> October, right? So it's still March. But we like literally. I mean, we use obviously we use Zoom now more than anything, and I got to say, I was never Zoom <laughs> savvy until we started the podcast months ago as well. So I think there's definitely creative collaboration coming from every angle of leadership right now. Um, does Does Vampire have a Zoom like? Cool. to it for oh, collaborating that's, online
0: that's a really good question we actually we're raising money on the back of doing something just like that so we're calling it pro jams and we're about to release a whole lot of concept videos and stuff in that actually in about a week from, from today, but that's going to be another slight variation on how to collaborate on the internet and coming at it from a slightly different approach than anyone else we've seen. And it, it could be a massive flop or it might be a huge success, but we're, we're really excited to bring, you know, another great. like this to the marketplace. So that's why we're raising money actually.
1: Be- because before this so much of Vamper was really location based right location driven yes. and now we're finding so much collaboration worldwide has that have artists expressed how that has helped grow their art or expand their art form have you have you found anything like that
0: yeah like my favorite collaboration stories that come from Vamper when we find out that someone in Germany has connected with someone in South Africa and and then you know they're Working together on a song that's all the charities are going to Brazil. Yeah, something like that happened not too long ago. It's fantastic. And so, so,
1: so, so this is what it's not. So this, I'm sorry to cut you off, Josh. Yeah? Just very clear for all the readers because we are going to be on a lot of music platforms. You have – it's a collaboration between not just the songwriters, people from songwriting to singers to producers, managers, mixers, engineers, artists artists creating, the art for the album covers. I mean, is it the whole spectrum? It's
0: everything and and more. It's every possible – and I mean this. I think there's about – 100 categories in the app that we support and another 5,000 that users have added on top of that. But it's any single role that you can imagine in the creative ro- world, we service. So as I said at the top, LinkedIn for the creative ecosystem. So there's, you're unlikely to find many accountants in there or HR people <laughs> or, res- <laughs> or resumes. You know, so,
1: you know, they all have their, you know, garage bands going on during it, COVID. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And it's possible
0: But you know, you're much more likely to find you know a lighting person or a graphic designer or a bass player or you know a violinist it really depends on what you're looking for well,
1: do, do, do you guys so you've been around for three years you relaunched again a while ago yeah. what, what was the relaunch about was it just the look and feel or was, it, or was it your delivery platform and the UI surrounding the social
0: yeah it was a bit of, a bit of both actually we we knew where we wanted to take vampa we knew it was going to be a very extensive rebuild though, the, the old platform was kind of modeled around Tinder and there wasn't a lot of um, ways to obviously add to it. It was, we had the sort of swipe screen and then the messages section and that was it. And so we had to fundamentally, you know, change how the app worked to make it more like a Facebook and less like a Tinder. So that was a huge rewrite of the code uh, and a quite a complicated migration. And then of course with with music distribution and publishing services, which we now offer that also required a desktop component as well. So we we really, and, and you know, just, just to top it all off we rebranded a little bit also just to sharpen the brand so we, we really spent this year with a real purpose and and a, only recently just sort of delivered on that and and now we're we're sprinting it's really good i'm i'm i think we're in a better place than we've ever been
1: i just there's so much I mean, there's so much competitive issues i mean there's so many startups out there and i'm i mean not you know, you're on a great trajectory here with this. It's just, you know, we've just, you know, from PR firms seen a lot of startups try to break into the music scene here today, gone tomorrow. And, you know, we did a survey with Billboard magazine like a year or two ago, a big digital music survey just as the industry was turning and almost 72% of all everybody surveyed, you know, from executives to the music, entertainment, you know, the same genre and space, said 72% said the problem is that the labels are not adapting to new technologies. And I know, you know, startups are hard. I mean, I'm just, you know, speaking from being a startup firm, we we see our CEOs battle and dig through the trenches and everything. So we know from you know, that standpoint, you know, what you have to go through. Are you finding like what are the differentiators between this and like other competitive companies, because one, everybody's so freaked out to launch during COVID, which I disagree with. I think it's a great time to get eyeballs and attention while people are at home. But what are you guys doing to really stand out and above the rest of the noise and the music backlash going on out there to get this company sustainable to that next yeah. level?
0: That's a, another brilliant question. You're just full of brilliant questions, Sarah. Thank yes, you.
1: you. <laughs> You're my co-host. We're all good together as a team of co-hosts. <laughs>
0: we are killing it. So you're right in the, the, the major labels are not, I mean, Warner brothers is the exception, I suppose, but the others don't really embrace music tech at all in that they're not really making an investments. They're not really doing many acquisitions and that's because they've got their own stuff to worry about, you know, things like publicly being publicly listed and potential mergers and stuff of, of their own. So they're, unfortunately a bit inward looking at the moment and um, not looking outward to companies like us, which I do see as a bit of a shame because if I was a major label with deep pockets, I would be acquiring many of these startups and and going through a process of what I call bundling and Mm -hmm. creating one, you know, set of great tools for fairly low cost Price to offer artists to help them get ahead and obviously use that as a funnel for their own A&R purposes, which is effectively what we're doing now with Vamper anyway. Yeah, so but that- the
1: music labels are, but music labels are looking at those M&As. Like I know ICM, WME, they have a whole digital division. And
0: As I said, Warner, Warner's is the exception, but yeah. Warner, sorry, um, Universal and Sony certainly isn't. Yeah, And I know that because I know the teams that, <laughs> at the top that are responsible for looking at it but they don't really do anything after they look and that's you know Well, it's,
1: it's an r&d thing for studios and this is one of the problems is they like, same like with mobile digital they have these huge teams come in to build it but they don't understand mobile digital. this is an r&d it's not like hey build it today launch it and all the money comes in tomorrow and so what we've seen the studios bring in these teams and going to your point on this, Josh, you know, they, they talk about it. They want to do it. But then when it comes down to, oh, well, that's going to be a year or two. It's going to be R&D. It's going to be development. They just they don't want to do it. They push it aside, go back to what they're known for, producing music, content, movies, TV. And but then in the next wave, they want to come back into the industry again of digital and mobile with a whole new team. And it's just it's kind of the same cycle why this yeah, was interesting is. to get they, real time
0: they, they bring in agencies a lot like you say to try and build a product that they think that they because they look at companies like us and they go oh, we could do a better job and the fact is they can't because we do this for 5 years and we're experts at this now and you have to do the hard work to become the expert but big okay. companies forget that and lose sight of that and that's okay what, what's going to happen at some point you know not too too far away i believe is that they're going to be forced to make some acquisitions in this space because their core business is acquiring the best talent at the earliest possible phase or else they lose them because there's music fintech companies that are coming out that are offering better advances and at better rates than major labels could ever hope to. So they're going to require technologies like Vampa to be able to identify the best talent in the world right at the earliest moment so that they have a hope in hell of maintaining their core business. So I, I know that things will change and, it, and there's going to need to be some shake up, some new senior advice presidents, you know, some new executives at the companies that have that vision and foresight to go to their bosses, look or to the board rather. If you don't make these changes, we're gonna be left behind. And and they're gonna have to. There's no two ways around it.
1: Right. You guys are a startup and we talked earlier, you guys are going out for it do another Kickstarter campaign. Do you find that the Kickstarter campaigns are more effective than traditional VC money? Or is that just because you got an online platform, it just kind of a perfect
0: Well, it's it's not Kickstarter and the reason the the distinction is important is Kickstarter is kind of like you spend some money and you might get a few, you know, digital pens that can translate handwriting to you know some novel, weird, quirky product, right? That's how it kicks <laughs> What we're doing is equity crowdfunding, so it's very different. So people who invest in Vampa online actually own a slice of the company. So we open up our cap table to our users, which is quite a profound way, a profoundly different way, and an innovative way to raise money when you are a social network. So the last round that we did like this, uh, we attracted eleven hundred and fifty people and raised about a million dollars. And that was towards the end of last year, uh, so that that was a tremendous success. And so well, well done, thank you. Yeah. So what we what yeah. we're doing this time is is very similar, although this time we we're coming to the table with a lead investor, a company called Angels and Entrepreneurs, which um, was started by a fairly well known investor called Neil Patel and Robert <laughs> from uh, Shark Tank. Just
1: a bit, yeah.
0: Just a bit, just a little bit.
1: <laughs> little Shark Tank plug there
0: yeah I, yeah so that's really exciting to to have them leading this round and and then of course we'll go back to our community again and give them the opportunity to participate so I, I think it's really thrilling I mean, you asked how does it compare to traditional raising i've done done that too so we've had we've had seed investment, some sort of you know family and friends and all that kind of stuff we've had angel investment from music industry executives and you know various companies, and we've done v c as well in our last round, and now we're doing. Crowdfunding again. So we've actually done every, almost every possible type of fundraising at some point. And I think crowdfunding is by far the most fun because you are engaging with the people who use your product, who love your brand, You're talking to hundreds if not thousands of people over the course of a campaign. And that's very different from walking into a VC office and trying to impress a boardroom that have heard it all a hundred times before. So it's a different kind of challenge, but I find that it's more... Um, I know invigorating it gets me up every day.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're I filling them. a need, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you yeah. you actually you're getting investment from people who actually uh, personally feel personally invested in that core well, they
1: believe in uh, you they're part of the dna i mean it's that, yeah. it's that engagement where they're actually you're engaging with your people and michelle and i spoke like, like you know i know you were michelle brought up a good point from the live events not happening to why the social we had a really mm-hmm. great guest on i think two three weeks ago michelle at bulldog mm-hmm. big in a big in live event john Petroselli and you know, it's all about using Zoom and creating the virtual events now, but we all know that eventually in spring, we're gonna get back to online events. You're trying to build vamper as an online digital, like a social network. Are you concerned that, you know, this is great for right now, but when's next spring, next summer, hopefully, and we're back in the seats again and, you know, we're past this whole thing. People want to be out in the crowd. They're just dying for community and interaction and, you know, sharing the same experience next to each other versus over a computer. Are you guys going to pivot When we go back to that, are you going to stay strictly social?
0: No, we're not going to pivot because when you are creating a social network, your main asset is the network itself. It's the community of people. So any tools and services that you then offer to that community can change with fair amount of fluidity. And that doesn't mean you're pivoting. You're still sticking with your core mission, which is build the biggest and largest social professional network for musicians and creators in the world. That mission remains the same, but the actual tools that you offer to them, you just add to it. So we're building live streaming now that will be a fun and relevant tool for a time. And then like you say, there'll be a time where it probably gets used less, but we don't need to get rid of it. It's just yet another tool. And in the same way that Facebook and LinkedIn are constantly adding features some of them work and some of them don't, and some of them are used about half of the time and and then and that's great every tool we add is a value add for our user
1: yeah it's great how big is a company and where are you guys located
0: in terms what definition so like how many employees or
1: yeah i mean you guys are a startup i mean have you survived through covid and kept everybody employed
0: yeah we actually doubled our team size through covid and and probably expanded faster than we ever have but we that's pure chance because we closed around in january this year so we got in just before covid got out but uh yes yeah, so we've doubled our team size we're about uh, 16 or so people now predominantly in in los angeles but we also have an office in melbourne and in vietnam as well
1: wait where are you look fantastic not, you're in, you're not here in la you're in australia right No, I'm I'm here in LA. I'm in Los
0: Feliz right now.
1: Okay, okay. I kept thinking you were from overseas. Like and you're a startup. And like what let's talk about for me about some of the startup challenges. I mean, because everybody knows, you know, ninety seven percent of most startups fail in the first year or two without strategy, PR, go to market. Are you facing in those challenges or where are you guys at to get the word out? And what are you guys doing? Because you got a lot of people out there from artists to creatives that are all sitting around looking for more things to collaborate on.
0: Yeah. So that's, I suppose, a complicated answer. As a social network, predominantly we face the challenge that all social networks have, which is you need to grow the network to a certain number of people before anyone is willing to spend any money, right? So our, our challenge isn't actually go to market or scale. We've sort of proven that the market exists and, and wants to have something like Vampa. We've proven that time and time again with our low cost of acquisition and just the, size of, the sheer size of our user base versus the competitors. But our challenge is, you know, how do we make money from them? So we, we're sort of starting to answer that by offering services. So I'll come back to... You you know distribution and publishing again these sorts of services are things that you can charge for where we can get crafty is in our our market price so i would say that we are among the cheapest if not the cheapest distribution platform in the world and our publishing is also the cheapest and anyone else who's offering publishing service services for indie artists so we we need to keep adding services, but we need to, I guess, find the right price points. That's our biggest challenge is we want to be competitive, but we don't want to give it away for free. And where do you find that sweet spot? You work with a lot of data scientists and you test, test, test. That's our challenge predominantly.
1: How many like, can we have to ask, like, how many users do you guys have right now? Yeah, so
0: we, we talk, there's two kinds of metrics that you can talk about there. There's your total total number of users. And then there's your active users on, you know, sometimes you might look at it as a weekly basis or a monthly basis. So our, our total users is somewhere over 600,000 people and our monthly active number wow. is at 80,000. So that's the number of people who have used Napa this month. So the numbers are, they're pretty high. I mean, they're a lot higher than anyone else in the space. I'll say that. And okay. we've been growing at a historically at a rate of 12.2% month over month. So it's quite quite fast growth um, that's not going to be sustainable forever obviously but it, it's not hard to keep going at that rate right now which is brilliant scaling can sometimes be a bit daunting actually because you've got to then you know beef up your server size and hire more staff and all that kind of stuff but we've kind of feel like we've been fairly conservative but responsible with our growth which i'm happy about right well done
1: yeah. that's that, that's that's amazing it's, I mean, it's all about community. I, I just think right now, especially this year, I don't think it's going to go away. I think it's going to change how we interact with people. But I just, as social beings, we all crave communities of some sort. So I feel like you guys are kind of giving back the community to everybody on the creative side that they feel was taken away as soon as the pandemic swept through in March. You're,
0: you're so right. It is about community. In fact, almost anything we do as humans is honestly about community community and and working with one another. And, And look, the reason why we chose to do, me and Baz, my partner, business partner, the reason why we chose to do Vampire at all in the first place is finding the right people to work with is a problem that we all have pretty much in every industry. Networking is daunting. It's slow. It's not particularly cost effective in its old school way. It might be fun going out to pubs and bars every night in hopes of meeting the right person, but it's expensive and it takes quite a lot of time to Find the right people that can help you sort of, you know, rise in your creative career. So trying to solve that problem in a way does feel like giving back. Yes, we're a a for-profit company, but uh, we do want to give back to the community and help foster it and build it, you know?
1: Nice. Um, So for everybody out there, all the creatives, where can they reach you at Vamper if they had any questions or interested in?
0: Sure. Well, the website is um, Vampir, which is V-A-M-P-R, dot me so dot me and you can find links to the app and the community there uh, in terms of you know how can they get in touch with us or me? I'm always an email away at support at vampa.me. So I probably speak to about 50 customers a day, I reckon on average. Yeah. And we we read absolutely everything that comes through. Not we've never missed a single one. So we're uh, we're big on that. But yeah, anyone is anyone who's listening and is interested and has any questions is absolutely welcome to to get in touch. I'll probably get back in touch with you personally.
1: Very connected CEO. <laughs> <You have laughs> well done.
0: You have to be. Well done. Yeah. yeah
1: it's all about the connection we know that um, okay so this is their with access entertainment and i want to thank my co-host i met co-host michelle koshman co-host slash guest <laughs> <laughs> oh josh thank you so much for being here today with us we really appreciate you coming on board to Media Maven and talk to us about the company and where music's going absolutely my pleasure and um perfect so we'll see you everybody soon Thank you for joining us for this
0: episode of the Media Mavens Podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or download past episodes, subscribe to the Media Mavens Podcast on your favorite podcast provider or on the Evergreen Podcast Network. To learn more about
1: the podcast or our guests, log on to www.mediamavenspodcast.com.